today we're talking to one of my favorite podcast hosts and people, Sam Sanders. He hosts NPR's It's Been a Minute podcast, which has been this peaceful respite for me at least from the doom and gloom of the news that mostly populates my feed. We're gonna talk today about that, but more importantly, we're gonna talk about how this lockdown is affecting us, specifically when it comes to what our world and the media we consume tells us is important right now. In the months, heck, the years leading up to the lockdown, there's been this voice in the back of my head. You should plan to exercise more, to read more, to spend more time cooking, more time fixing up the house. I mean, the list of things I'm not doing goes on and on and on. And I'll admit there was a part of me when this whole thing happened that was like, hey, now you can do all those things that you said you wanted to do. And that might be partially true. Life at home does help me get certain things done, but that voice in the back of my head and the privilege that comes along with having it sort of doesn't stand up to this moment that we're in right now. This moment is much, much bigger than that. And it's not helping me. And Sam agrees. I just reached this moment where, and I think we've all reached this moment at this point, where you realize that like, maybe there's a time to really be into optimizing ourselves, but now is not the moment. Today, we're gonna get out of the way as much as we can and let Sam get a few things off his chest. And we're also gonna dig deep into the state of the news and ourselves. From Neon Hum Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future, we're gonna bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through this pandemic. Before launching It's Been a Minute, Sam was a politics reporter during the 2016 election and one of the founding members of NPR's politics podcast. Welcome to the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Sam Sanders. I'm Tamara I can't Keith. believe I'm saying this, but the time almost feels normal by comparison to now. Once the election was over and Sam didn't have to go to any more Trump rallies or Clinton events or talk about them at least, he said he wanted to change. When I was wrapping up my time with NPR politics and wrapping up the election cycle in 2016, 17, and finishing up my time hosting the NPR politics podcast, I kind of told the bosses, it was really great to cover an election, but I tell you what I won't do ever again is cover politics. (laughs) And so we had this moment where I needed a new thing to do at NPR, and NPR needed new people to create an hour of radio for the weekend to fill the hole on public radio stations once car talk went away. And my colleague and friend and all-around good dude, Brent Bachman, said, well, maybe Sam can do it. And I said, yes, sure, why not? If you've ever heard of car talk, you probably have memories of driving around to the sound of click and clack the Tappet Brothers and their gut-busting laughter. Did you ever meet anyone you liked who used the word indeed? Indeed, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Sam had some big shoes to fill. They said it should be news-ish and it should be cheerful. And with that, we kind of came up with It's Been a Minute. And so right now the show is half uh, newsmaker interviews, you know, actors, directors, authors, writers you love and who you should know about, talking with them in depth. Hey, y'all, from NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. 
I am very excited about today's episode. It is a wide-ranging interview with the one, the only, Jonathan Van Ness. Think Mark Maron, fresh air style. And the other half is like a catch-up on the week of news. So panels of journalists talking about big stuff in the news, a fun little quiz show called Who Said That, where we go through wacky stories from the week, etc. You both have played this game before. Uh-huh. You both know how it works. Yeah, I'm really bad at it. I am too. And all of it features a lot of input from our listeners who often um, send us voice memos that make it onto the show. If you wanted an escape from the everyday frustrations that daily news provides, Sam and his team could spin it into a laugh or introduce you to a new TV show or movie or book. Exactly what Sam was looking for in his next gig. These days, though, it's a lot harder to make the news seem rosy. We've done a little bit less news of the week because you know what the news is every day. It's coronavirus. And we've leaned more into some really heartfelt uh, content. So there's a lot more episodes now where we just talk to listeners and people around the world about how they're experiencing this moment. And it's felt good. Sam is letting the show move and shift to fit the moment. But the one thing that listeners always get uh, from us, hopefully, is information that is not depressing, that is actually optimistic and uplifting. The goal is that you finish every episode feeling a bit better than you did before you began playing the episode. Sam's show always makes me feel a little better. It gives me hope in a small way. Even though we're all trapped at home with almost nothing to do, it feels like on social media, there's almost this pressure to be good at quarantine. Everyone I see is taking up multiple new hobbies and keeping their idle hands occupied. You know, like it felt like there was that moment in the first month of this where everyone was like, you should cook the entire Julia Child's um, au revoir. And also, like, you should build your own furniture. Go ahead. You can do it right now. Also, give yourself bangs. And it was just like, who, who is doing this? Ah, why did I do that? I look like my mom. It feels like we're in a post-apocalyptic film. The world feels like it's on fire. Nothing makes sense. You can't send your kids to school. Like, this is the moment to say, if I just survive, I'm okay. If I just do no harm in in this process, I'm okay. Save the optimization uh, lifestyle for, like, when there's a vaccine. It's actually absurd to ask anyone in that situation to, to do more than just not die. You know, like, if you can just, like, get through it, you're more than okay. Sam thinks it's a good conversation to have. But this is not really the time to be thinking about self-improvement. Just because we might have the time doesn't mean we have to drive ourselves crazy trying to spend it. And even more important is to remember that many of us don't have that time right now. We should have these conversations about how we can improve our lives or change our lives, but also have the conversation which acknowledges that for some people, this is just like survival. I think if you're poor and work in essential services like janitorial services or construction or food or groceries, nothing stopped for you. You just kept working and shit got harder. And so this whole, will this be a moment of self-improvement? That is an option to even ask only if you have a certain amount of money and a certain amount of employment freedom. And so I think before we begin to answer those questions, we should consider those whose lives could not stop in the midst of all this. So I've been given to food banks here and there since this started. I would encourage folks listening to this now to do that because for a lot of folks, it's just life or death. So 
Find a local food bank or shelter wherever you live and give back. A small amount could make the difference. And it might also make you feel a little bit better while you're stuck at home. It's important to find ways to stay calm and keep from going stir-crazy right now. For Sam, it's about leaning into his habits. I like to wake up without an alarm clock, usually between 5.30 and 6.30 a.m. I need the ritual of making my coffee in my Chemex. And I usually run every workday before work. But now it's like every day. And I have to have it because it's like one of those rituals that I find meditative and it brings me peace. And like a lot of times on those runs, I'm just like talking to myself and to my soul and to God and I need it. And it's like, okay, this is my ritual. I'm not doing anything else during my day until I've done those two things. We convince ourselves for as long as we can that we're young and spontaneous and everything is an adventure and we can just do whatever. And it's like, no. To prep for his show, Sam reads a lot of books and watches a lot of TV and movies. Sounds familiar, like what we've all been doing here since the lockdown. But recently, it got to be too much. It's like, was I just trying to do much shit before coronavirus anyway? Like, was I just trying to cram too much stuff into 24 hours anyway? Sam was trying to make pasta carbonara while he watched a TV show, while he scrolled on his phone. And all he ended up with was pasta with scrambled eggs and a vague recollection of whatever he was half watching. I've realized now that a lot of what we all were doing before this mess was um, we were trying to multitask our consumption. Half of the stuff I was scrambling and making time for gosh, it didn't actually matter, you know? And so how can I be aware of that and accept that and react accordingly? Like, do less stuff. Do less stuff, I think, is my mantra in this whole moment. I think we could all use our own mantra. One that has been useful lately is forgive yourself for not doing anything today. Focusing can also be a challenge these days. Sam has found some unique approaches to preventing distractions. Some nights I will just take my phone down to my parking garage and put the phone in the car so that I can give my undivided attention to the show, to the movie, to the crockpot, to the book. Another thing that Sam has been doing to maintain some balance in his head is just letting go, accepting the waves of impulse and boredom that wash over him. I'm not going to be the same person for the entire length of whatever this process is. The person I was in week one of quarantine, that optimistic guy who was like, I'll run 10 miles a day and order a Dutch oven because cooking, that's a different person than the guy you're talking to right now who has literally thought about like dyeing his beard a different color. And so I think part of why I've latched onto the rituals that I can keep constant in my life is because I need to keep those things constant In lockdown, Sam is trying to balance his habits, like his daily run, against the things he has no control over. Like my emotions, they're all over the map. I cannot tell you, I cry at every commercial these days, Jonathan, because I still have the cheap Hulu, you know, and you see all the commercials. And I mean, like, it used to be just like diapers commercials with the cute kids. Now it's, it's any, I cried at a BMW commercial the other day. It's like, what's wrong with me? But you know what? Let it happen, let it happen. I've cried more in the last two months than over the past two years. Not just tears of sadness, but tears of joy and laughter, too. And to be honest, it felt good. It's as if this crisis is bringing about a lingering nostalgia, making us think hard about all the things that we take for granted 
and really leaning into the things that we still have. Sam says a lot of people are going back to music and TV that brought them solace back in the day. After the lockdowns began, music streaming went down because often the biggest music streamers are like a dentist's office or a mall or a coffee shop with a playlist, right? A lot of new music discovery happened in these places. Like if you're in your gym and they're playing a cool new playlist and you hear a new song, you'll Shazam and then you'll listen to it. That's become less of a thing right now. But what's gone up is like old school music being streamed again because folks are going back to what they know and what they loved as kids. Like I have spent the last few weeks living in D'Angelo's first two albums. The second one, Voodoo, was a big thing when I was a sophomore in high school. But I'm so much more into that right now than like seeing what Spotify wants to throw at me this week, you know? There were a few million people who last weekend spent three hours watching Erica Badu and Jill Scott not have a concert together, but just hit play on their own songs. And like millions watched it over the course of this whole thing. And I watched some of it too. So I think there's gonna be just a return to nostalgia and leaning into just enjoying that stuff that felt like, feels like still, you know, chicken soup for the soul. Our ability to compartmentalize the good and the bad of every day is what's gonna get us through this crisis. But Sam thinks we need to be careful not to forget the lessons we learned from COVID. After the Twin Towers fell, there was this moment in which everyone, in spite of the horrible pain and tragedy, was like, well, this is bringing America closer together and we're all gonna be nicer to our neighbors and love each other more, and no. As capable as humans and Americans are for finding greatness in moments of, of distress, we're also incredibly, remarkably gifted at just forgetting. We like to forget stuff. We like to forget lessons. And so I think my prayer for this moment for all of us who have the luxury and time to learn some lessons out of this is I hope we don't forget them. And Sam, being a pop culture fan, sees entertainment as one of the primary ways that we will immortalize these lessons in our collective consciousness. And so I think now my question is how soon is too soon to see a rom-com with a mask plot line or a social distancing plot line or to see a Jordan Peele horror thriller, uh, you know, poking fun in this weird way about uh, how quarantine was just a mess for everybody involved. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna be comfortable two years from now watching the Netflix rom-com called In These Uncertain Times where two hookups end up, you know, quarantining together and they fall in love. Like, will I ever wanna see that? I don't know. If and when Netflix releases In These Uncertain Times, you can catch a full review and deep dive from Sam on It's Been a Minute. Speaking for myself, I think Jordan Peele is the perfect person to turn this crisis into a thrilling and all-too-real movie. Not too soon, though. Thanks to Sam Sanders for taking time to speak with us this week. It was an honor and a pleasure. Check out his show, It's Been a Minute, on your local NPR station or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do donate to your local food bank. Sam recommends the LA Food Bank for people in the Los Angeles area. These small acts of kindness can go a long way. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. 
Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Every week we receive emails, private messages on Twitter, posts on Facebook from listeners. You've been telling us about your lives in isolation and what you've been going through. And at the end of each episode, we want to bring you one of those stories here. Quarantine has challenged how we celebrate things, like birthdays, anniversaries, religious holidays. A lot of them have gone virtual, which can sometimes be kind of a bummer. Heather Atlas wants to change that. She's been in the singing telegram business for decades and runs her own company, Singing Telegrams Now, where you can book a personalized singing telegram to send to your friends and family. Since COVID, she's been sharing telegrams through Zoom and FaceTime. So if your grandma's birthday Zoom bash needs a little life, you can invite someone like Austin Flowers to the party. Yeah, baby. <laughs> well, if you like Austin to come cheer up your Zoom, contact Austin Powers, baby. <laughs> it's better with Austin, baby. Quarantine with me, baby. <laughs> Thanks to Jason Thompson, who performed this singing telegram. <laughs> See, it's better with Austin. Contact me. Yeah, baby. You can find a link to Singing Telegrams now in the show notes of this episode. Share your story with us by sending a voice memo to pitches at neonhum.com. Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. I popped into the office today, into the studio to record this, and it's just not the same without you guys here. Today's episode was reported and produced by Tanner Robbins. John Asante is the managing producer of Telescope. Our editors are Vikram Patel and Catherine St. Louis. Our engineer is Scott Somerville. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you hear in this episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. Join us on Facebook by searching for Telescope. We want to stay connected with you during this unprecedented time in our history, so please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are always open. If you have a story of life in isolation because of the coronavirus you want to share with us, email us at pitches at neonhum.com. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. I hope you enjoy the long Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you on Monday with a very entertaining story about one way people are finding to relax. Take care.